Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Ladies and gentlemen, he needs no introduction. <laughs> Ryan Hamilton. Ryan, thank you so much for being on this, uh, my fake podcast. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, this is a real podcast, and I'm happy to be here. Now, this is real. This is a real studio. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I, I already did the intro, but this is this reset what's going on. You and I have known each other for many, many years. That's right. And now you're a huge success. And this is what, uh, in the podcast world, we'd call this a get. A get of Ryan Hamilton. Because we go back. Really? Yeah, well, I, th- nice. I think so. I think so. I mean, when I mentioned it to my wife, she was like, Ryan's going to do it? What? And I said, yes, Ryan. He's, we've broken bread with Ryan Hamilton at the house. We're friends. You're one of my oldest friends in comedy now. You're probably one of the oldest friends in comedy that I uh, talk to regularly. Now, I, mean, I, I met a couple people right around you when I started working, but you're the only one that I really kind of talk to anymore. That, that's good, right? That period. I think so. That's a compliment. Yeah. I don't know. I would love to talk to everybody else, but we uh, stayed in touch. So, so let's just tell people, we, we go back to when you were at the very beginning. And I remember seeing you, yeah. and I've told you this before, so yes. this won't be a shock to anyone. No. And, and a matter of fact, I was a guest on another podcast recently, yeah. and they said... Do you, because they always wonder, I own, you know, wise guys for those yeah. who don't know, and I see a lot of comedians and they yeah. go, well, can you tell when someone's going to hit or not or whatever? And I, I have no eyeball for it. I know what I like. Right. But I do remember seeing you yes. at the very beginning. Yeah. And thinking, there's a nice gentleman. Yeah. He's friendly. He's got a nice smile. He's got a nice way about him. But I never in my life thought that things would go the way they've gone for you. And that is not. And no. that's a disrespect. That, that's me. That's no. all on me because you are killing it, my friend. Well, thanks. I never thought that either. When we met, I was just doing comedy for fun. I had no career ambition, really. I was doing it for fun. I had another job, if you remember. I was doing public relations, and I thought, I really thought if I could get to the point where I'm like the local host at Wise Guys there, that would be my. F- that would be it. That would be fun for me. So you're saying that when you first started off, if you could have just made. A couple bucks and kept your other job or another job? Yeah, that's what really, when I really was starting, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I just want to, I enjoy this. I love writing jokes. I have no concept how a career in this really works. And I had been through college. I had a career path. And I thought, this is fun. I just like it. I thought it would be a fun thing to do on the weekends. At what point did you say, okay, wait a second. This is more than a hobby. I, I like this a lot. And I can, I'm going to go for it and, and push hard. To be honest, that point came, I'm not even lying, that point came when I got fired from my job. And I, I got fired, you know, they say I got let go, I really got fired, but I'm still friends with them. It just, it didn't, it wasn't a good fit, I wasn't good at it. So, so they canned you though? They said, hey, you know what, maybe there's other things that you might want to do in your life? Was it one of those? Yeah, I was there for a year, I worked really hard to get this job, and uh, a year goes by, I was kind of disillusioned, I wasn't enjoying it, I wasn't really performing well. 
they said that they laid me off. They gave me a nice little severance package and everything, but they hired, but the position was open. They hired someone immediately after I left. So I didn't really get laid off. I got fired. So they had their eye on someone else already. Uh, well, they just knew I wasn't the right fit. And I knew <laughs> it too, but I didn't have the guts to quit. And I was really enjoying comedy. I mean, it was in the back of my head. And I was doing it a lot. That's what I was thinking about. That's what, you know, so I was writing jokes at work and stuff like that. So and do you think that was a comedy was a distraction for your yeah, I think other so. pursuit? Yeah. And I started to really get interested in it a lot. But even after I got fired, I remember walking out into the parking lot with a box of things and being like, I got to find another job. Were you I, sad? Oh, yeah. I was really it sad. It hurts. Yeah, I was sad. E- even if you, I remember quitting a couple of jobs yeah. that I didn't want to do anymore. Yeah. But then it still hurt my feelings yes. when they said, okay. Yeah. Like, even when I say, you know, I think I'm done here. They go, okay, we agree. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're just supposed to beg. I want, you're, you're supposed to want me to stay. Well, what's going on? Then it hurts. Yeah. And then for a while, you got to kind of lay low. Yeah. I didn't have the guts to quit. I wish I did. I, but it was one of the best things that happened to me, you know, because I, I got this job as a valet parking cars, and I started to look for another job, but I was doing comedy, and I was enjoying it. And then I got offered to do some little, you know, one-nighter things here and there, make 100 bucks and drive into deep into Montana and almost <laughs> die. And, you know, and I was like, I like this. Did, did something happen in Montana? Oh, all sorts of things always happen. But I, yeah, I remember the first road gig I really did. I was, it was in a blizzard, and somebody canceled, and I, they called me. I had 15 minutes. Was it up for Tribble? Yep. Yeah. It was a Tribble gig in Miles City, Montana. Mm-hmm. Been there. Yep. And uh, I remember, you know, I was like driving through. I was like, well, of course somebody canceled. You can't even get here. Right. Like, it was just snowing. Like I was like white-knuckling it for hours and hours and hours and got to the gig. And yeah, it was crazy. I mean, someone head-butted me at the bar that night. <laughs> Was now was that before or after the show? That was after the show. Okay, all right. But it was because this woman she wanted to buy me a drink, and I don't drink. And I said, "I'm uh, thank you. I don't. I don't drink." And she just started to get angry, and I didn't know how to leave a situation. And she just grabbed me by the back of the head and went crack. You know, she was inebriated, and everybody. I just remember everybody pointing and laughing as I walked out into the blizzard, and I was like. This is comedy, I guess. But I kept doing that. For some reason, I could do that, but I couldn't do the job I was supposed to so do. So you could get in the car, you could drive that yeah. far, drive through snow, feel yeah. like you might yeah. spin out. Who knows? Yeah. And I, I felt it was romantic to me at that time. It was like, wow, I made 100 bucks. This right. is amazing. I remember that. Yeah. I, I remember doing that. Yeah. I, I remember one time, talking about snow, talking about Montana, yeah. I was driving to, what is, no, oh, Great Falls. So yeah. I was between... Butte and Great Falls, Montana. Yep. I know you know it. Yep. It's on the I-15 just going straight north like you're going to Canada. And right. I had my Geo Metro, which was legendary. And I was by myself going to do a gig in Great Falls, Montana. And there was just so much snow. And I was kind of going down. Uh, it wasn't a steep hill, but it was a hill nonetheless and ice everywhere. And my car did a 360. Now, I'm on the freeway. I'm probably going 40 or 50, which was way too fast. I, I did a 360. And I just remember looking <laughs> like in slow motion, and then it straightened out after 360, no and just way. kept going. Wow! And I'm like, this is this is insane. No way! And I remember going there and doing the gig, yeah. and 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 you, you sometimes wonder why why Nobody you do knows it. Knows what you went through to get there. It's just like this weird thing. You show up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like 
And you're gone. They're like, hey, okay, well, do, do your jokes. You're yeah. like, you know, I almost died, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, we don't care. We want to hear stuff. That's right. Oh, man. So yeah. you, you've got it going on. You you started doing open mic. Yeah. Now, you moved around a little bit. You lived in Seattle for a while. I went to Seattle for a year because so I really got interested. And I said, at a certain point, I was doing, after I started doing those one-nighters, I said, I want to do this full-time and give it a shot for a year. And at that time, we had the club, which was great, and there was good stage time. I was getting really good weekend stage time here, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't get other places. And, um, you know, and then I, but I wanted to get on stage every night because I felt like I, if I'm doing this full time, if I'm not on stage every night, then I'm just, I'm wasting my time. Right. So this was like two years in or something. So I went to Seattle because I knew, you know, you introduced me to some people up there. I knew that I, there was stage time every night. And I got this tiny little uh, apartment. It was like concrete floors. I shared it with a kid. We had a bare light bulb hanging down. It doesn't even sound real, but I I lived behind a comedy club, and I just did that for a year. I got Which, was that the underground? It was Giggles over in the U District. Yes, and it's still there yeah. under a different name. Yes, now it's a different. It, it's yeah, a, it's laughs. It's laughs with now our, with our yeah. buddy Chili Dog. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And he was great to me there, and I got into that Seattle comedy competition there, and I didn't even make the finals, but I, I made the industry night. I won the industry night, and that was like the first time I met anybody from L.A. or anything like that. And they took me down to L.A., and I got a manager, and I at CBS sent me on some auditions, and I got a studio test for an audition. Nothing happened. I was in L.A. for like five days, and I was back on the road for years. So do you want to act? Because when you say you had the CBS, yeah. was that for acting gigs? Yeah. Was that sitcom type stuff? Well, at that time, I didn't know what I was doing. I had studied acting in Salt Lake, really, a little bit. I had taken some acting classes here, this like kind of weekly thing where I just thought, this is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm all in, so I'm doing everything I can. Right. So I found this acting class. I was like, let's do this. See if I get some commercials or something. That's kind of what I was thinking. So I had a little experience, but I didn't really know what I was doing. But yeah, I've always kind of dabbled in it. But stand-up has been my true love and it's like that's the first thing i i I always put do acting if it comes up but it's always kind of second do do you still want to act at all yeah i enjoy it if i can find the right thing i really like it but i get a lot of anxiety about finding the right thing like you know or if if i get an audition most of the time it's i I go okay i'm gonna go in for this but i i kind of hope i don't get it or (laughs) have you got have you auditioned for any parts of note where you know who got the part that oh, yeah. it, that is someone that you you could you, and you don't have to tell me but I'm just wondering if there's someone you go hey that I auditioned for that and that guy got it and maybe they changed the role a little bit yeah but maybe maybe there was a role that uh, you were up for or at least auditioned oh, for yeah that happens so many times I can't even think of a good one right now I remember um, I was doing a bunch of auditions I was out in LA this was just a few years ago for pilot season you mm-hmm. go out there and to keep me busy the, uh, the these agents was like we came out here this, they have pressure on them to, to get me auditions so they were sending me on stuff that I was like well this is like supporting Matthew McConaughey and I'm like Okay, <laughs> you know, and then I see you're sitting in the movie theater a year later, you, and you're like, "Oh, I know these lines," you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. It's really weird, but yeah, I, you know, I've got done little things here and there. I enjoy it, but um, nothing ever really has hit for me. Oh, you're in the movie with De Niro. Yeah, I was. I was in a movie with De Niro. Yeah. yeah now, now the name of the movie. What was it? Comedian. What was it? A comedian. Yeah. Comedian, and it was one where De Niro played. I think a, it was a comedian. comic, right? Yeah, he played a comedian. I played myself essentially. It was just me on stage, so I wasn't really acting. But yeah. So did you audition to? So so you did. A, there was like a clip of stand up in 
And I didn't see the movie. Right. Can you tell I didn't see the movie? <laughs> Did you it's see okay. that? Have you seen the movie? I saw. I went to a premiere. I went to his premiere and Ooh. I saw the movie. And uh, I went to like the premiere that the stars don't go to. Like the the next one. It was like yeah, but it was nice. You know, my buddies were there. There were a lot of comedians in it, and I'd heard about this movie for years around New York. It was a passion project for De Niro. So De Niro played to set it up a little bit. Played a disgruntled he comic kind. He of? was like a comedian who was a big star, but has had kind of been washed up. Right, and he was kind of, but he was a really like like almost like a Don Rickles type of comedian, and you know, really harsh and like to go after people. And and this is kind. Of, it was kind of a resurgence of his career, a comeback story with a love story mixed in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie Mann played the other lead, I think. Did Apatow produce this one? No, I don't think so. I mean. I was only there, I was only on the shoot like one night, but, um, so I didn't really get to know the crew much, but yeah, they had a, the director came to a show, he was just bouncing around New York, he came to a show that I was on at the Comedy Cellar, and apparently De Niro was there, I didn't even know, but I, after I got off stage, they were like, so just so you know, De Niro's here with the director. So was this at the Comedy Cellar? Yeah, it was at the Comedy Cellar. The famed Comedy Cellar. Yeah. So you were on stage and you didn't know that De Niro was in the audience? Yeah. And no other comic mentioned it and said, hey dude, De Niro's down well, there. He, he, I, I guess I just ran in and I was kind of like, and people show up at the Comedy Cellar, you never really know. It wasn't like they were hiding it from me, but I just, it just I don't know, I didn't talk to anybody before I went right. on stage or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, like a week later, I got a call from the director and he said uh, hey we're interested in this why don't you um, you know send us what kind of material you'd want to do if you wanted to be on the show so I sent them some stuff and then they said yeah let's do it so they had an actual show set up it was like doing a regular show but it, they had cameras and everything and, and that was at the it was at the comedy cellar also so okay. that's how that worked but yeah, it was it was real crazy. So when you did the premiere, De Niro wasn't there then. He was supposed to be, but it was I couldn't. I think he couldn't make it. But it was a premiere, a special f- premiere for. It was like at the um, Directors Guild Theater in New York. So it was like an industry right. type premiere. But that's cool. It was so cool. Was there a red carpet and everything? No, it wasn't like a. It wasn't like a publicity premiere but it was like for the industry so the director was there a bunch of this crew was there all of my comedian friends were there my manager came we watched the thing peter yeah peter you know peter (laughs) i love peter yeah been working with him for like 10 years now or more but i got to sit there with my manager peter and the and thing and watch the credits go up and go see ryan hamilton played by himself ryan hamilton (laughs) that's awesome that was cool yeah can i tell you my dumb story yes please a, a movie i was in yeah so i was in a movie a long time ago Long time ago. And Giancarlo Esposito was in it. So he's the guy, uh, if you see Breaking Bad, he played Gus. Okay. He, he was in like all oh, the Spike yeah. Lee movies. So he's I'm great. in this movie yeah. with John. It was like when I, when I first got down to L.A. I'm in yeah. a movie and I play uh, this horrible cop named Walter. That was my name. <laughs> Walter was my name. And I play this horrible racist cop. And uh, Giancarlo's in it, and then I ended up getting shot and killed and all that. So I had a couple friends of mine. They did a screening in yeah. Hollywood somewhere at some theater that, yeah. you know, one of these historic theaters. Yeah. And no one was there. It was truly me yeah. and my friend, comedian Jeff Brown, who you know Jeff. Oh, yeah. So Jeff Brown, I said, Jeff, you got to come see this movie. Giancarlo's in it. I'm in it. Let's see it. And we watched it. And the credits rolled, right? Because that's yeah. what you're waiting for. You're waiting yeah. for your scene yeah. and whatever. They misspelled my name not once, but twice. <laughs> they misspelled my first and my last name wow. in this thing. So they spelled Keith, K-I-E-T-H. I'm like, for crying out 
loud. They, the one thing they spelled right was Walter, which isn't even me. It was a fake racist dude. And then Stubbs with one B. So wow. I sat through that whole. And I'm not saying it was a great movie. I'm not going to tell you that. That's but a bummer. It, but it's like that's what you want to. You, yeah, yeah. You need some sugar, right? Yeah, yeah. Doing this, you do yeah. need some. Yes. It's nice to get yes. some nice feedback. Yes. And that wasn't good feedback. Right. That's a bummer. <laughs> But I don't know. I was just thrilled to be like I, I'd forgotten I was even in that movie until you brought it up. It's like crazy how those things go by. Now was but that it, before or after the Netflix special? Let's see. I think that was before. Yeah, God. I think that was before. Dude, you got it wrong. The Netflix special, fantastic. Oh, thank you. And I think that's the one that uh, would you not agree? That's just kind of. It, it was a game changer, right? Yeah, that moved the needle a little bit. That was the first thing I did. You know, these things kind of add up, and you don't know what's helping really, but you just kind of do everything. But that one, I felt like, oh, that bumped the needle up a little bit. Like, I, I started, you know, being able to, I would go, I would show up at the show, and it would be full of people who were like, knew the jokes. And I thought, oh, okay, this is different. Is that, how's that affect what you're doing? I mean that's great, and you, yeah. it's nice to have fans because you always want fans. Right. But then you go, wow, they know. Yeah. They know what this bit is. Well, when it first came out, it was really scary because the turnaround on that Netflix special was really fast. So like, you didn't it, have time it, to it, work on new stuff. Yeah, exactly. They'd, I'd kind of been trying to go for a special, and they didn't have a slot. And then they called me last minute and said, "Hey, look, this just popped up. You want it or not? But you got to be done in five weeks." Oh. And I was like, "Okay, so I did it." But that meant that I put just the best of the best that I had. And so I was out of material as soon as that came out. So I was and and I had these people who wanted to come see me all of a sudden. So those first few months were like crowd work. Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah. Nice shirt. Yeah. Working on real (laughs) loose premises and like, you know, you remember this joke? I'm going to alter a line, you know, Try, try to create. Yeah. But it was fun. Were you involved in the editing at all? Yes, I flew out to L.A. and I sat there for three days with the director and tried to be on a, every decision. Now, yeah. did they do a rough cut of the special and yeah. then present it? So you didn't have to be there for the excruciating every angle because that's no, that's, that's that would be tough. Yeah, that would be tough. They sent me I, basically after the shoot. They go, so what do you think? Which show do you want to be the kind of the base show? And I go, let's do this show and maybe not this big chunk here. And so I kind of gave them some directions on the rough cut. And then they send it to me, and then I go, I got to go out there because, you know, as a comedian, you just know the material so well. Mm-hmm. You're like, I, I want people to see my face right here. I want it to be wide right here, mm-hmm. which people don't think about. But maybe it wouldn't make a difference, but I know what I want, so did, you got to go Did they there. do audience shots? No. I Well, we had a wide shot from the back, but um, I specifically didn't want to see the audience. The up-close Someone cackling? Yeah, we didn't have that. None of that. They'll do that, though. Yeah, they'll do that, but, you know, but I don't know. You don't I want f- it in there. I think it's kind of distracting, personally. You want to hear another story? Yeah. I probably told you this one. I did uh, an evening at the Improv. Long time. That was a oh, TV yeah. show for those who are old. Yeah. If you're old, you know exactly. Well, you know what the show I, is. I, you've I, been I grew up watching Evening at the Improv. So yeah, A and E had this TV show called An Evening at the Improv, and it was on every week. And yeah. it, was, it was, at that time... It was, a, it was a big deal. Yes, it was. Yes. And I was on that way before I should have been on it. <laughs> but to cut to the story about the audience, yeah. I did, they did audience, they did a live edit, which is dangerous. Yes. So, oh, and yeah. for those who don't know what that is, they, they basically edit well, camera one, it, camera right. two, camera three as they're going right. and hoping that they're on the right camera right. when you tell the joke. And yeah. of course, they cut away 
during my setup or maybe during the punchline, and then they cut to some people eating. Oh, no. Like eating nachos or fries or whatever yeah. it was. So I'm doing a joke that allegedly is funny, gets a laugh, right? right. Ha, 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 ha. And then you just, they cut to someone chewing. Oh, no. <laughs> That's why I always ask anybody that does a thing. I go, do they do audience shots? Because they did on mine. Yeah. And it was horrific. Yeah. I don't like them. I mean, it's. I feel like it can help sometimes, but I like a special. If you watch a special, and you, it takes you away from the show. When I'm watching a show, I don't turn around to see the other people laughing. You know, no. I want it to be like, this is me, as much as it possible, feel like I'm at a show. So who do you like out there? I know you, I know some of your friends. There's some uh, great comedy. You don't want to name... But I mean, oh, like yeah. Gary Goldman is, oh, is a man. fantastic comic. Gary is just and killing a good friend. It, right. Yeah, he's a great friend. We were roommates for four years, and he's just masterful writer and performer. But what he's got right now is just fantastic, and he's got a special coming out on HBO this month. And he's in that new movie, The Joker. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to have I a saw big that month. Clip. So it's it's October is going to be big for him. So you guys lived together for four years. Four years in New York. That's a long time. That's yeah. a long time with anybody, right? It flew by. It's crazy how my I can't believe I've been in. New York that long. No, but. the four years living with Gary flew by? Every, all of it. All of New York. I've been in New York like 11 years. And yeah, all of it. It was just like Gary showed up. I didn't even know him. Robert Kelly introduced us. And, and, and Gary was like, I think I need to get back into New York. And I said, well, you know, he goes, I don't, I don't got a place to live. I said, well, come check out this place. I think we got an empty room. And he goes, okay. And then we were friends. That's you know, great. For, yeah, it was great. For four years. He's he, still one of my best friends. He's really got it. Yeah. He's got it cranking right now. Yeah. And he just works, you know. You, if you're interested in writing, he's got his um, Goldman tips that he puts out on Twitter. And, I see those. And, yeah. Every day. He's got like a few hundred of them. I, I didn't know there were that many tips. Yeah. He's got a lot of tips. If, if I was giving out <laughs> tips, there'd be like three. There'd be three. He has 200 and something. And yeah. it's still going. Yeah. He and just, it, he keeps doing it. And they're going strong. Yeah. I think people like it because, you know, <laughs> you're alone when you're out there. It's like, it's nice to know there's someone uh, who's got these same issues. Yes. You got. And the majority of those do resonate. Yeah. Well, you read them and right. go, wow, this is uh, wise. Yeah. yeah. This guy's really done it. Yeah. Right. Okay. I got to talk about the Tonight Show. You're on the Tonight Show. Yeah. Last week. Yep. Last week. Yeah. It's a week ago yesterday. Okay. You did Colbert. Yep. You've done Conan. You've yep. done all the stuff. Yep. But you did The Tonight Show with yeah. Fallon. You murdered. Oh, Now, thanks. does everyone get a standing ovation? Because I've been there a couple of times. You stood them up, brother. That was a great, great set. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was pretty uh, surreal. I mean, it was kind of cool. I felt pretty comfortable because I'd done TV enough. It takes a bunch of times doing this where you feel comfortable. But I, I hadn't done that show, but I knew the, the gig. I knew the routine. At so, least. so leading up to it, you knew that... You're on, so they have like a, a list of comedians, or they'll notify your management and say, okay, yes, we're interested in Ryan if Ryan wants to do it. And did they give you like a time frame that in the next month, in the next two yeah. months, or sometime? I'd kind of been putting off doing another late night, because I don't know, I, I, I burned all this material in the Netflix special, and I, it takes me a long time to generate this stuff. So I was kind of scared to put it out there, but we got to a point where I have this tour coming up this fall, so I really wanted to do a spot. And um, they'd been, you know, I'd, I'd met the booker a few times, and he told me, when you want to do something, let us know. We'll work on it. So we went to them, and they said, great, we got a spot. And they gave me a date right away. And then uh, the date was crazy. The date was supposed to be this week, actually. It was supposed to be uh, tomorrow I was supposed to do it. But um, 
I would have had to. I'm in Utah now. Obviously, I would have had to fly all night and then do the show. So I didn't want to do the date. So they called That's a me. Burnout. Yeah. So I said, if you got any cancellations, let me know. They had a cancellation come up on a Friday, and they said, do you want to do it on Tuesday? And I said, okay. But I didn't even have the set ready. I hadn't even prepared it yet. So I went to town that weekend. But you knew pretty much what you were going to do, right? No, actually. <laughs> so you had no idea what I, material you I do? knew I had some options. I had a few options in my head. I was like, I could do this, or I could do this, and then I just chose one, and then I just went to town editing it. Because if I do all those jokes that I did on The Tonight Show full, it's like a, that's like 12 minutes. So I had to get it down to like 4.45. So did you cut some of the fat out of yeah, the jokes? Yeah, so I had to cut a bunch of stuff. To make it like tags and yeah. parts of the joke? Yeah. Now, did you have to submit that to the booker, that material? Yeah, eventually you do. I mean, that's normally you would have the material submitted before you get the date. But in this case, they made me an exception. Now, was that like a transcript? Yeah, for that show, it's a transcript. It's not always a transcript, but for that show, they wanted word-for-word transcript. So if you had a video, they'd say, that's great, that's nice, but we still want a transcript. Yeah, I submitted both. They wanted both. Now, does that go to standards and practices to make sure yeah. you're not going to say something that's... I think that's why NBC, does, that's how they do it. They wanted the transcript um, for standards and practices. Do they do that to tell you what to do or to protect themselves just in case you do something they don't want done? Or is it both? I guess it's both. I don't know. I've never really had them edit anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people do have stuff that they needed edited, but they, I, I've never really run into much issue with it. So I don't, I, I don't know. I've always submitted stuff, and they go, okay. okay. But, yeah, I'm lucky, I think. So you live in New York City. Did they pick you up in a limo to get you to the night show? They did pick me up in a, in a big black SUV, yeah, which was kind of nice. But, uh, yeah. So instead of taking the train or cab yeah. or whatever else? Right. I take the train. Sometimes I don't take the car, but, I, you know, I had my clothes. I don't want to schlep my clothes down there, whatever. So, yeah, I took the car. It's now, nice. Now, how long before the actual set did you have to be on, on wait, it's, uh, uh, it's NBC Studios. Yeah, so you're 30 at 30 Rock, Rock right there. Um, it's pretty fast. The taping's at 5. Uh, your call time is 3 o'clock. And then you do a, a, like a, a run-through on stage where the stage manager goes, here's where you're going to walk when you get on stage. Here's where you need to look. Here's where the cameras are going to be. Jimmy's going to be behind you over here. The roots are over here to your left. Just get a, a handle on the layout. And uh, that's then awesome. when you come off, here's what's going to happen. Jimmy's going to come over, say hello. So at 3 o'clock when you got there, you rolled in. Is your stomach in knots? Because mine is right now. <laughs> you, you're telling me this. This is crazy. <laughs> My stomach was in knots on Friday when I, when I didn't have the set. But by Sunday, uh, Monday, I felt pretty good. And then I was like... Uh, after I got the set down, I was like, I felt pretty good. Did you do sets Monday night? So the night before, were you on stage yeah. working through it? So the producer of my segment and the booker, he he came by and saw me Monday night. And I did a couple of sets. But Sunday night, I think I did six sets. Saturday, I was working in, in California theater, so I couldn't do a bunch of sets. But uh, Thursday, Friday, I did like six sets a night, just this five minutes. So you show up at three o'clock, you got yeah. a uh, SUV, you <laughs> yeah, got a driver. Nice. You get out and people are standing around. It's kind of nice. People look at you. Like people don't know who they're looking at, but they're like, that's, I think that's so somebody. Is that, is there a certain entrance where, so if Jeremy Renner shows up or whoever, that's where, so yeah. you are one of those. Well, I, 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 I <laughs> learned, I learned that they do have an underground entrance. Okay. That they, they, but, so but when they, Tom I, Cruise is there, yeah. he comes in. Yeah. But I didn't even get the underground entrance. <laughs> offered it wasn't even offered to me um but uh you know it's it's kind of fun to walk out of the car and be like you got your clothes did you have you... your sunglasses on <laughs> did you have shades no on? i think i took them off oh, you gotta have them on. but it's so funny because a friend of mine was there at the at the show when i got out of the car and i hadn't seen her in a long time this is a funny story i'll tell you um 
so the the person uh, this, I do this joke about falling down and the, and that's a real story. I fell down after a date after talking about dating. Right. So, but that person had not heard this girl hadn't heard the uh, joke, and it was kind of like she, not that she would have cared, but I wanted her to know that it was going to be on TV, and I hadn't seen her since I fell down after that date. So I texted her, I was like, hey, this came up quick, I'm doing this joke, this is weird, but I just wanted you to know. And then she was like, oh, I love that joke. And then I was thought, well, I have these comp seats, do you want to come? Because I, I just happened fast, I didn't have anybody to invite. So she came to the show, I hadn't seen her since I fell down, and then <laughs> I get out of the car and she's standing there, I was like, hi, how you doing? I'm going to go do this joke about when I fell down, but I'll see you in the audience. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So did you meet Jimmy before, after, or was it just... Before and after. He was really nice. He he likes to come by, and he talked, and, uh, you know, he loves stand-ups. Yeah. And so he loves to talk about stand-ups. So we talked about comedy, and we talked about him opening for Brian Regan on the road back mm-hmm. in the day, and he just loves stand-ups. So it's fun. It's like talking to another comedian. And then after the show, he came running up the hallways like, I got a meeting, but I just wanted to come say hi, and... It was really, he was really nice. He seems genuine. Yeah, he was nice. He was super nice. Now, also on the show was... was Jennifer Lopez? Gen- J-Lo? Yeah. She Hustler? Was the-, the movie Hustler? <laughs> I keep hearing about it. I don't know. Is that, have you seen it? I have not seen the movie. Did you talk to her? I didn't talk to her. I didn't try to talk to her. Um, Is she she's, surrounded by her people? Yeah, she's got people around. And, you know, they did that... That big dance number. When you get there, it's all happening fast, and, and, and all the artists on the show are in their own thing. They all got so it's just like wardrobe, urine, makeup. You kind of cross in the hallway, but all the times I've done those shows, I've never really talked to people much, except Bradley Cooper on Conan. He wanted to talk. He was cool, and after my set, he talked to me for like ten minutes about comedy. Was that weird? Yeah, it was you, a little was weird. It surreal as you're talking. Like I yeah. can't believe he's talking to me. Yeah, because it was one of those moments where you you do your set and you're last on the show, and then he comes out to like say goodnight, and then it's you know those moments on TV where you see like people talking, but you, and they're like, what are they talking about? Right. It was like I'm doing that right now. Really <laughs> Cooper. <laughs> but he was so cool. He's a big comedy fan. Have there been any contact with any of these? famous people since then like have you run into anyone or did did they remember you did you exchange phone number does any of that ever happen or is it just a one-off bradley is such a nice guy but uh i was at the cellar one night and um dave chappelle came in and i was just standing there and he brought a bunch of people in Mm -hmm. and i think this must have been after a star is born because i think they're pals from that movie maybe so I, I'm, I'm going to watch Chappelle. So I'm standing there, and he brings a bunch of people, and I'm just standing there. There's only standing room. And uh, I find myself, Bradley Cooper, shoulder to shoulder. Like, he's next to me. And I'm like, this was like four years ago. But we had a 10-minute conversation. Right. But he, I can tell he's engaged in Chappelle. Like, right. he's wanting to watch. But I'm standing there for a while, and I'm like, I don't know. What do, you, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> and I just kind of like, in a, after a applause break or something i go hey uh, bradley we did the we did conan like four years ago and he looked at me and i don't know if he recognized me or what i don't even know if he heard me and this much <laughs> happened to him all the time but he just kind of nodded his head like that and i was like okay <laughs> i wish i wouldn't have said that so, so it means we're friends right <laughs> yeah right we're pals how does i mean he meets so many people but he was so cool and nice and uh so it's weird i guess occasionally you do run into these people again it's kind of a small world but i mean i'm not on that level but you know i've been opening for seinfeld and that is on that level and he and bradley cooper are actually legitimate friends so if bradley cooper sees seinfeld 
Yeah. And you, he'll go, oh, maybe. 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 Or maybe he'll just talk to Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How many gigs are you doing with Seinfeld a year? Are you doing a lot? Well, it's only been like a year and a half or two years I've been working with him. But I just do, I I don't know. Um, it seems like it's like maybe once a month for quite a while. I don't know. Something we like saw that. you yeah. in New York at the, yeah. what was the theater? The Beacon Theater. Oh, that yeah. was awesome. That yeah, was we cool. saw you at the Beacon when you... Right. And I think... I feel like it was the first time you opened for him, but I could it be wrong. It might have been. It might have been. I, uh, yeah, those beacons are really fun. He does a bunch of them, and it's such a great gig for me because yeah. I'm home. I can walk to that theater from where I live, and you know, I get to open for Seinfeld, hang out. We go get pizza, and then I sleep in my own bed, and it's like it's surreal. I don't even. I go home, and you know, he likes to hang out, so it's just us hanging out. Does and then, he? Does he text you ever? Yeah, he texts me about the Tonight Show. He's like, I saw your set, excellent work, really good. We're working together this weekend, so we'll get to catch up on it. God, that's awesome. It's really, he's a great guy, and he, he loves comedy, and he just he wants to be a comedian. Like, he's like all of us comedians, just hanging out. Right. That's what he likes, you know? And it's just like, he's at another level, but that's what he likes. When are you going to be on his TV show? <laughs> Comedians in cars. Every year when they announce, or I don't know how often they announce it, the, the new... I don't know. I've, you know, I don't know that I've known him since he's really cast it that way, but, you know, he uses a lot of big names, too. Every time I work with him, I just go, this is a, a master class in comedy, and to get to talk to him, and it just elevates what I do. Like, he's such a professional, it makes me want to be a more professional in his life. He's got it dialed in, and... The approach he takes to taking care of himself is about his work. You know, he's like, I need to take care of myself because I want to work at this level. And it makes me go, this is serious. I want to, I want to work like this. So I've gained so much from working with him that it, I, every time I work with him, I go, if nothing else ever happened with this, I would be thrilled with where we're at. Now, when you say take care of himself, what do you mean by that? Well, he works out every day, pretty much. He meditates twice a day. He got me into meditating, actually. You meditate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, what do you do? You sit that cross-legged? How do you do that? Well, you sit in a chair? Uh, TM, Transcendental Meditation, is okay. what I do. Is there music? No music. People tell me I need to do I just say, Keith, you're wound up. You need to I think, you need to bring it down. So I'm, I'm yeah, asking this for me yeah, well, and I, the other people that don't know what it is. Look, I, uh, you know, I had been doing guided meditations on my own for a while just because I was trying to get my anxiety levels normal. This job's crazy. Yeah. And then um, I was tired and working a lot and on the road. And I remember we were in L.A. And, and, and Seinfeld had been working like crazy. Like he was on. I think he just finished uh, Comedians in Cars. And we had four big shows at the Pantages in L.A. I was drained. And I, all I was doing was his shows and just kind of coming off the road. And he sat me down and goes, Ryan, we got to have a conversation. I go, okay. He goes, I think you need to, there's, I just want you to know that there's, a, there's something that can help you. I know, maybe you're tired, and I know that comedians get tired, and you're working a lot. And there's this thing that can help you. I just want you to know about it. I've been doing it for 40 years or whatever. And check it out if you want. It wasn't like a thing, but he is an advocate for it. And um, I'd been doing some other kind of meditation, but it's got me doing it more regularly. And it is. It makes you go like I can handle this. Like I, I can handle it now. So, Feel so better. what you do this in? Uh, so if you're on the road, you're in a hotel room. Yeah. You sit on the floor. Do you have you a just mat? Sit in a chair. No, you just sit in a chair. You just <laughs> I want... know nothing about this. Yeah. Can you tell? Right. Well, you just learn. It's pretty simple. I mean, you, if you really want to do the transcendental meditation, you can take a course, which is what I did. You go like, it's like a four day course once a day. It's real easy, simple. Is it, is it long? No, it's like oh. an hour. It's real easy. You got to do it four days in a row, though, because they just—it's basically just 
practicing. And, and as simple. you take this class for four days in a row, you, you notice a difference in that? Yeah, especially during the class because it's like you're doing it twice. If you do it twice a day, 20 minutes twice a day is what I try to do, but I uh, generally get in one. But if I'm really disciplined and I'm and cranking on all cylinders that, and I'm doing two, I can tell a difference. So, so let me ask you this. Did you meditate before this? No. Because of this, will you need to meditate afterwards? <laughs> I'm going to have to go. I got a show tonight, and I do need to. I'm going to have to meditate. Now, this didn't make me. It's just a thing. If you do it normally, <laughs> consistently, like you handle stuff better. I, I say no to the things I need to say no to. That's where I get a lot of my anxiety. Being but, asked to do things that maybe you don't want to do? Yeah. Like this podcast? No, this was not one of them. Okay. But I don't do a lot of podcasts, to be honest. It does give me some anxiety, but this one was not one. Is it because of the uncertainty? Yeah, I just don't want to, I don't know, I'm a pretty private person. And uh, a lot of these long-form interviews, I'm just, I don't know, I'm not cut out for it. Is this long-form? I guess this is long form, but this is, I know you, so I, I trust okay. you. It's right. easier. Because we're going to go eat after this, and this, yeah. this conversation will continue yeah. like this. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is just us talking. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I appreciate it. His name is Ryan Hamilton. Great friend. Uh, Ryan Hamilton, your website. Tell the people. RyanHamiltonLive.com. Oh, come on. I couldn't get my name. There's another guy. Who oh, the guy. Yeah, me. you told me about it. I'm not going to bring that up. <laughs> I'm not going to bring that it's up. Fine. But that's, it's yeah, fine. Well, I'm not going to bring that up. Yeah. But it's RyanHamiltonLive.com. <laughs> he's doing theaters. He's hanging out with all yeah. the muckety mucks. And he's hanging out with us right here. Uh, thanks a lot, this buddy. This was so fun. Appreciate it. Thanks for doing yep. it. Yep.